You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tom. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week I speak to experts in different fields and in this episode I'll be talking to music producer and marketing mentor Adam Ivey about the importance of marketing in music and being true to yourself as a musician. Hello, Adam Ivey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. It's finally starting to cool down here in Florida after months and months and months of 90 degrees and a lot of humidity. Um, you know, getting into the uh, fourth quarter of the year, which is exciting. And um, hopefully everything kind of starts rebounding from the crazy 2020 year we've been uh, experiencing. Yeah. So you are a music producer and a marketing mentor. Yeah, pretty much. So um, I consider myself a marketing specialist that niches in music. I've been producing music since 2006, kind of 2005, but that was uh, just trying to figure things out a little bit more uh, as far as the path I wanted to take. Um, and then in 2011, yeah. early early 2010, actually, I started doing a lot of uh, marketing hustles for small businesses, veterinarians' offices, dentist offices, little solopreneurs, as we oh, call wow. them. Yeah, and then in 2011... Um, Kind of by happenstance, I had a video go viral on YouTube, which unbeknownst to me led to a whole lot of corporate gigs because they all wanted to have somebody that knew how to do viral video, which there's no like specific formula to it. But that led to a lot of different uh, marketing contracts with Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 companies, um, all the while still being able to do music and start to implement uh, not only what I was practicing with them, but what I was learning from other people on those teams um, to directly infuse into my own music brand and business. So I was working less, making the same or more uh, as far as financial uh, income coming in. And then it just kind of started helping friends. And that led to friends telling friends, which led to, you know what, maybe I should start teaching this on YouTube, which led to people want more than the YouTube videos. So maybe I should have a course and a mentorship program. And here we are now with uh, a bunch of different businesses and You've had a hell of a lot of experience, as you say, in marketing and in the music industry. But I, I want to get to know the real Adam Ivey. So I want to give you some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me with them. These are really important. So, you know, but first one that comes into your mind, tea or coffee? Coffee, but it has to be like very um, sugary milkshake coffee. I don't like the taste of coffee. So I typically go for the pumpkin spice lattes and the very basic white girl drinks. Um, that's what I, that's what I gravitate towards. A lot of creamer. If there's more coffee than there is milk, most likely I will not tolerate it. However, tea, love tea, love a variety of tea. Okay. Day or night? I'm more productive at night, but I try to get the most out of the day as I can because I'm, I'm not, uh, I can't hang as a night owl anymore, especially being engaged and, and having a dog and I'm about to have another dog. I, I can't stay up till two or three in the morning like I used to. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've just answered my next question, actually, but I was going to ask cats or dogs. Oh, I love dogs. I'm like, when it comes to if I was ever trying to be a cool guy and I'm trying to be just like, you know, suave and then somebody has a dog, you're going to see me turn into a complete goofball. I'm going to be petting the dog. I mean, um, I'm definitely that guy at the party. If they have dogs, I'm most likely over there petting them and talking to them as if they were humans. Um, I've met some really cool cats pretty allergic to cats though in general though so uh that, i think that's one more reason that i've kind of gravitated towards dogs in my life okay i can understand that then 
And my last quick fire question, music or marketing? That's like trying to choose what kid is your favorite publicly. You can't do that. Um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, everything that I've kind of gained in my life as far as development and 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 accomplishment, music is the creative. Marketing is kind of the structure behind it, right? So I think that marketing, let's say that tomorrow – um, I got into an accident and I didn't remember how to play music and I had no interest. I kind of just woke up and all I remembered was marketing. Well, I think I'm going to go yeah. a whole lot further being able to shift and recover and make a different change in my life with marketing. I don't look at marketing as like a job. I look at marketing as kind of a way of life. You know, if you and I were to meet uh, in public at an event, you know, how I present myself to you or anyone else is really marketing in a, in a face-to-face manner. Um, the, the photos, the positioning, the context, the way I talk on camera, it's all, it's all related in my opinion to marketing. So, uh, marketing might have a slight edge over the music. And I think in real life, even those career musicians need to focus on marketing more than the music itself. So I guess it kind of works hand in hand. Is there like a top three things that you think that musicians should do in in 2021 shall we say yeah i mean i think it it, for the foreseeable future i think that you know content awareness conversations i mean those are things that are super important i mean we could have a hard drive full of 800 amazing songs but if they sit on the hard drive they don't go anywhere what's i mean it's like having a bunch of uh heirlooms that no you don't share with anybody doesn't matter that you have them all, you know what I mean? It's the avenue and vehicle in which you deliver those. So, I mean, if we look at artists uh, and legacy artists like the Beatles, Prince, Elvis Presley, Celine Dion, for example, like even though they didn't have social media, they really emphasized everything that they were doing as far as positioning. I mean, the Beatles, they built a huge following overseas. Then they came to the U.S. after they already have that had that buzz, that pop. Um, So Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, artists today, we can really utilize the free tools that we have at our disposal to present our music, present the contextual uh, content behind our branding and the messaging, and then start those conversations. Because having conversations with strangers will really tell them what they resonate with, because there's a lot of times that we might put something out into the universe and we have no idea how it's being perceived unless we're talking to people about it. So. Moving forward to answer that question, I guess, a little bit more concisely is, you know, you have to understand how much music you're putting out. Get that on a schedule. Um, Don't wear yourself out, but also understand how am I going to get as much attention as I can for the music? And then how do I turn that into a legacy? I want to take this opportunity a bit cheekily to ask you a question about my music project, if you're up for it. Sure. Yeah, I can send you an invoice after this interview. (laughs) So... Brandon, I know Brandon's super important. I, I like you, I'm kind of obsessed with marketing and branding and, and everything around how to spread the word about music. Um, my, I have a little conundrum in general, and that is that I love pop music. I love to make pop music. It's like, it's a thing that really gives me a buzz, having a catchy chorus and a, a real a full production. However, my audience love stripped back acoustic songs. So 
I try and navigate that by doing a bit of both so that I get, I still love doing stripped back acoustic songs, but I want to get fulfillment from doing the pop stuff and the strip stuff rather than just piling everything into the acoustic strip stuff. Do you think that's the right thing to do? I mean, I think a mixture of both is important, but I mean, I think your audience really likes the, uh, the, the stripped down acoustic stuff because you've presented that probably with a little bit more enthusiasm and confidence. You know, the thing is, when we're going after something that's new, just like my my own YouTube channel, I started off with beat making videos and then did, did a few silly parody videos and then did some, uh, you know, just a variety of different types of posts, vlogging, for example, and nothing ever really felt authentic aside from the beat making videos, but I didn't really have a passion for it. So I said, you know what, what am I passionate about? I know I'm going to lose interest in a few of these followers. And it ended up being about 15,000 followers that are subscribers that didn't like my new content. Uh, you just have to really, you have, you really have to, you, you really have to just go for it and embrace it. And people are going to see the excitement that comes out of your content through uh, the way that you present it, right? So if you enjoy synthy, poppy, top 40, power hooks, Max Martin type stuff, then what we have to do is uh, make sure that you can kind of, maybe you started off real acoustic with just a hook and you yeah. can kind of deconstruct it and present it in a way that it might not have been created that way. But at that point, you're creating entertainment content, not behind the scenes content or maybe a little bit of both really. Um, and then the buildup, that emotional trigger that that video, that that piece of content is going to be able to trigger within your audience is really probably why they like the stripped down acoustic stuff because they feel it's a little bit more raw and authentic. Um, and if you find a way to do that as well, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, and what have you, and you, you have that buildup of like, oh, I got goosebumps watching this the way that she put this together, you know, that can really have the wow factor that then you can become known for. Um, I think that a lot of times we lean heavily on what's working uh, and we kind of mm-hmm. steer clear or we have some confidence issues on things that we want to start implementing that we just don't know how it's going to go over or our current audience doesn't know us for that. Therefore, we think that we're a failure. We think that they have no interest in it. But if you keep growing, then the next 100, 200, 2,000 people will then know you for what you're putting out. And they followed you now for the poppy stuff, for the you know heavily produced stuff. So <laughs> it's all just in committing to something and moving forward with it, knowing you're going to lose some people yeah. along the way. But the people that you retain are, are everything. They're, they're a fan of your brand. And that's why branding is so important because branding is what you're left with when all the music is gone, when you don't have a new release, when you haven't posted a video in a year. Your branding and the the legacy that you're building behind that, people are there for you. I've seen a lot of things about people in marketing saying that it's important to stay in your lane. And I think that's something that's always in my head as a musician because I want to do so many different things. Yeah, And you probably have spoken to loads of musicians about the same thing, is that like it's hard to... Um, really get into one genre if you don't want to just be in one genre, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all in how you position yourself, right? I mean, there's people like yeah. uh, uh, what's Ryan Tedder of One One yes. uh, One Republic, right? He's written pop songs, he's written ballads, he's written multi-genre. Is that a word? Multi-genre. <laughs> I think it is now. <laughs> uh, multi-genre. That's that's going to be an Adam yeah. Ivy trademark. Um, but what we have to do is we really have to 
go through and say, this is what I want to be known for. How do I, again, deliver it for that? And you can write songs, you can put, produce songs in, in different genres. The difference is if you want to be known as kind of a singular genre artist, then you can write mm. for other people. Some people have to kind of leave their pride and their ego at the door and say, like, I really enjoy writing modern country songs, but I want to be a yeah. pop artist. I don't want to be known for country stuff as an artist, but I will write. I mean, Julia Michaels is a prime example of this. I mean, she writes for multiple different genres and, and been a part of a lot of different writing camps. Um, same yeah. with, I mean, Tori, Tori, um, Kelly? Yeah, Tori Kelly. I was going to say Tori Lanes. I'm like, he does. he's not known for country. But Tori <laughs> Kelly's, you know, made the switch from country to pop to, you know, everything in between. Yeah. And, and Ed Sheeran and John Bellion and like all these people. So um, to be known for one thing as an artist or a producer is, is, is great. But being able to really, I mean, look at, look at Marshmallow. He's now produced uh, country, EDM stuff, future based stuff, pop stuff. And, and as a producer, he's able to do that because he really came in heavy with one thing that everybody came to him for played every single one of his singles on the radio. He blew up very quickly and now he can kind of expand into other things. So, um, you know, it's it's all in in the confidence and the networking that you're putting out there. I, I do think that you can kind of shift kind of line to line within that lane of, of what your focus is um, with a little bit more mm. experimental stuff. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a if you're an R&B person and then you jump over to country and then you jump back to pop and then like, I mean, you saw it with Taylor Swift. She went from country to pop and now she's dabbling back in country because she knows that a lot of her audience was kind of left there when she switched over and that she still has a massive following that that wants her to do country music. So um, it's possible just you you it, just like anything in life, you have to have a singular focus and become great yeah. at something rather than just pretty good at a whole lot of things because pretty good doesn't get published. Solid advice. What is your track of the week? Ooh, track of the week. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I've listened to... Uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later a lot this week by Drake. That's his new one. Um, I'm all over the place, though. I really like Lady by, uh, yeah, Brett Young. That's what it was. I knew it was a Brett. There's a lot right. of Bretts in country music. So I listen to that one quite a bit. So I think uh, between Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake and, and, and Brett Young's Lady, I've listened to that a lot. And obviously those are super successful tracks on the radio right now. But uh yeah, those are, those are on my playlist. I'm all over the place. I grew up with classic rock and country and polka, a little bit of hip hop, R and B, and and so you know when when it comes to my Spotify, it is a mismatch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of different songs. But yeah, this week that would answer that question. What is the best lesson that you've learned so far in your entire career? You have to be true to who you are, and you're not going to please everybody, no matter how likable you try to be, no matter how much you try to help. Um, people are going to uh, not always be susceptible to your brand of living, your brand of being a human. Um, you know, it might be from your background. It might be from a preconceived notion of who you are to them. It might be the way, you know, the, your your voice rubs them the wrong way. Your goals make them feel a certain sort of way about themselves. Like um, once you can kind of start separating yourself from the constant drive to be liked, the constant drive for approval, uh, and you could start living for your own fulfillment and purpose. Um, things 
drastically change the quality of relationships in your life, the quality of networking and opportunities that come your way um, really, really just kind of start skyrocketing, at least they have in my life, right? And you can't dwell Mm -hmm. on things you've done in the past. You can't dwell on things you should have done different. You can't dwell on uh, missed opportunities or being lazy for a little while. Like it's all about today and beyond. Um, you know, Ryan Holiday wrote a book called The Obstacle is the Way, which pretty much just boils down to we don't have a parallel track. It, 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 life is what it is yeah. for a reason. So we we have to kind of just embrace it and move forward. So, you know, I grew up in a, you know, kind of lower middle class, upper lower class family. And we had a lot more love than we had money, as I say it in a lot of videos. But, um, <laughs> you know, we... You know, I grew up wanting everybody to like me. I grew up being, you know, bullied and teased in high school and I had messed up teeth and a lot of acne and, you know, I was this little skinny, scrawny, five foot nothing kid for a long time. <laughs> and so, you know, it's taken taken me some time in my life, but I realize, you know, I am who I am. And as long as I'm trying to move the needle forward in a productive and positive way and bring, you know, good things to, to not only my life, but other people's lives, then you know, there's going to be haters. There's going to be people that don't understand it, and that's okay. It's it's your yeah. job to to show them what you're trying to do, rather than just you know preach it all the time. Well, it's been so great to speak to you. I feel pumped now. I'm like, come on. It's, it's been a great opportunity, which I definitely appreciate. Thank you again for the opportunity, and I look forward to uh, connecting in the future again. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.